Pastor Mike has been preaching for the past several weeks uh, the More of God series. And he's been teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues because his heart is to see more of God in your life. And as I was preparing this week for this sermon, I felt like the Spirit of God said, you know what, this is going to be a two-part sermon. And I felt like God said, what you're going to do is you're going to share your testimony and then you're going to do some teaching. So I'm just laying that out for you right now. So you know how this is going to go. I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony, just a little bit. And then we're going to go into some teaching. But I want you to know specifically the direction we're heading with this message. The full intent of this message, the whole objective of today's message is to see Jesus in you magnified so that others would know him. To see Jesus in you magnified so that others would know him. Because I need it, because you need it, and God knows this world needs it. They need Jesus and us magnified so that others would know him. So when I was a child, a grade school kid, I accepted Jesus into my heart, and I asked him to be Lord of my life. And my Aunt Diane, she is very instrumental in our family and, and teaching us about faith. And a couple years later, she came to our house, and she sat and she visited with me, and she said, you know, Angie, um, you've accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, but there's a second thing that God can do for you, and it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she just sat and she explained it to me. She goes, just as simply as you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you can ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up. And what will happen when that happens is he will give you your own personal prayer language. And it'll sound, it'll sound funny. It might not sound like anything you understand, but here's the thing, is that personal prayer language is a direct prayer language between you and God. It's a spiritual prayer language that he gives you between you and God. And even though you don't understand it, here's the really neat thing. The devil doesn't understand it either. And so you can pray out the perfect will of God when you don't know how to pray. You can pray out the perfect will of God and move mountains and the devil doesn't have any idea what you're doing. And as you do that, Angie, do you know what happens? God strengthens your spirit and you become more like him. Angie, do you want that? And I said, yes, yes, I do. And so my aunt prayed with me and I asked the Holy Spirit to fill me up in that moment. And here's what she said. She said, now, Angie, you may feel a little bubbling in your tummy or you might feel like you just have one syllable on your tongue to speak. Now, I just want you to speak that out. Just speak it out in faith. And I started speaking it out and and the Holy Spirit filled me in that moment, and I started exercising my prayer language. And I loved it because I sensed the power and the presence of God in that moment. And there's something about kids. It seems like they can so easily receive from the Spirit of God, sometimes so much more uh, easily easier than adults because adults get stuck in intellect. They get stuck in critical thinking. And what I want to challenge you today is that if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be opportunity today. And I want to challenge you just to set aside those things that would block it. Because she just kind of coached me through it and said, no, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. And I just received, and I sensed the presence. And I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. I love the presence of God. There was one night in my bedroom. I was laying there in bed. I was just praying to God, and I was praying in the Spirit, and the presence of God filled my room. 
And I could just sense that God had called me and he had marked me. And I was just praying in the spirit and I kept saying, I will go, I will go, I will go. I was a grade school kid and here's what happened. The neighbors called my parents. They said, is Angie okay? My parents were sound asleep. They didn't know what was going in. They come into my room, they go, Angie, what is going on? I said, God is calling me and I will go. And that's, that's the presence of God. I've known it since childhood. I'd like to tell you that because of that, I've always just walked with him faithfully and grown with him faithfully, but I didn't. I became a teenager and a young adult, and I decided that the school of hard knocks was a pretty good school. So I decided I was going to live life my own way, make things happen my own way, rebellious, turned against God. I even remember looking at my mom one day and saying, you know what, I don't even know if God is real. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit said, remember that infilling? Do you remember that time in your room? Do you remember that time in church when you saw miraculous healings? Do you remember that time in church when you saw deliverance? You can't argue that, and I had to wrestle that. And so even when I was rebelling, the Holy Spirit was faithful, saying, you've been marked. You've been called. And so there came a point in the time where it was finally like, you know, here's the definition of hell. If you really want to know the definition of hell, it's separation from God. And eventually, I came to a full understanding of my condition. I was like, I do not want to live like this anymore. And so I sought out God, and I sought out restoration. And I found myself in a little church in the middle of a cornfield where Pastor Mike and Rhonda were serving as youth pastors at the time. And they were very instrumental in that restoration process. They were very instrumental in the discipleship and the mentoring process. And I'm so grateful for that. So... In that time of restoration, Pastor Mike and Rhonda, they saw something. Again, these are equippers. These two are builders, amen. And they said, we're going to have you serve in the youth, right? So was I perfect, polished, ready to be presented? Absolutely not. Let me encourage you this morning. Some of you are waiting to step into God's calling, but you're thinking that there's a certain criteria that you have to meet first, and that's not how God operates. He says, I've called you, I've marked you, step out, and as you're serving, I will continue to develop in you the things and the truths of God, amen? And so I was so grateful because Chad and I got to serve in that capacity along with the youth, and, and I got to go to Bible school, and, and I started praying again in the Spirit and sensing God's presence in a real tangible way. And I remember praying one day, and uh, I was just praying in the Spirit, and the enemy came in like a flood. He did. And you know what? The Spirit of God raises up a standard against him. But here's the thing. I was praying in the Spirit, and I heard this nagging thought, what do you think you're doing? That's just gibberish. Do you really think you're making a difference? And I just decided then and there, my stake's been drilled. I'm standing on the word of God. I have drawn a line in the sand, and I'm going to continue to pray that much harder and that much louder. I'm going to continue to press it, and eventually that thing left me. I went to church that week, and I said, Pastor Mike, this is what happened. And he goes, that's right, Angie. You did the right thing. You just keep on going. Sometimes you just need that coach to come alongside and go, you did the right thing. Just keep on going. And so I just set my mind on, I'm determined to continue to do this. And I'm so glad I did, because the enemy tried to rob me of a gift that's very real, very relevant very tangible for this day and age. And since that time, I've continued to pursue him. I've continued to pray in the spirit. And here's the thing. God has been so faithful because there have been all sorts of realms where I've just needed some wisdom. 
like relationships. Maybe a, a rocky road with a relationship, and I go to prayer in it, and I pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit shows me, you know what, that person is hurting. And what they really need extended right now is compassion and understanding. Let go of your offense. Be forgiving. Extend the compassion. Or there's been times where I've needed direction, or Chad and I have needed direction on certain, certain situations, certain decisions that we make. We pray about it, and this way, there is no peace. But this way doesn't always make sense to the natural, but there's peace in it. And we've pursued it, and every single time, God has been faithful. Or maybe there's leadership. I keep finding that God puts me in places of leadership roles. Not necessarily because I asked for it, but in the process, leadership is hard. Let's just be real. But in the process, it's like, okay, God, I need discernment how to operate here, how to steer here, where to let that simmer, where to take ground here. And God has been faithful in that. God has been faithful in my spiritual growth. When I read the word, I ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, show me what you have, because this is the living word of God, relevant for our time, relevant for our day and age. And so I don't just read just black and white words on the page, but I ask the Holy Spirit, show me what you have. And revelation comes to life. It jumps off the page. That is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit has done for me. Now, I know that um, I'm speaking to a room full of parents, too. So I wanted to give just one tangible example of praying in the spirit and how God had directed us. Um, because you know, when you are a parent, you are making all these decisions for your kids that gets to impact them for the rest of their life. No pressure, right? So um, one of, I mean, I have multiple examples, but time doesn't allow. So I'm gonna give one example. So back when Caleb was in grade school, I mean, just a little tyke, he had a dental appointment scheduled. It was for a routine cleaning, and the dentist called the day before and said, hey, doctor's not gonna be in. How's Caleb doing? He's doing great. Can we reschedule the appointment? Sure, no problem. So we rescheduled the appointment. The next day, he comes home, holding his face, excruciating pain. My kids have been blessed to be offspring of a nurse, so usually, I mean, they've got a high pain tolerance. It's just the way it is. Excruciating pain, and he's crying, and I said, what is wrong with you? And he goes, this tooth, it hurts so bad, mom. It hurts so bad. And I call the dentist and I say, something's up. We need to get him in. And so we get him in and the dentist does an x-ray and he looks at the x-ray and he says, uh, this isn't like anything I've ever seen before. Clearly there's an infection. Things are all cloudy and blown up, but this is not like anything I've ever seen before. I'd like to have a few days to consult with some colleagues see what they think. I said, sure, let's see what, you know, consult the experts. Let's find out what's going on. He calls me back in a few days and he lays out that really none of them have ever seen anything like this before. What do we do with it? They don't know. So he's like, well, we could do this kind of treatment or we could do that kind of treatment or we could do this kind of treatment. But all of them had really negative side effects and potential complications, one of which would be bone resorption. So it's a frontal tooth, it's a permanent tooth and it's facial structure and now you're looking at losing bone mass possibly. Doesn't sound like a good plan, does it? So I went and I just started praying in the spirit, like, Lord, what is this? I need you to identify this. What is going on? And I was in my bedroom, snapping towels, folding laundry, right? Praying in the spirit. And the word image drops into my heart. 
and I knew immediately what I needed to do. And so I called the dentist and I said, hey, I'm just curious, is there any way we could get a different image of this tooth? The x-ray doesn't seem to be giving us enough, enough information. Is there another kind of imagery we can use? And he goes, well, the, who, as it turns out, the University of Minnesota just installed a cone CT scanner down on their campus, just recently, within the last couple weeks. I'll tell you what, I'll write the referral, you can go. It will be private pay, but we'll get a very clear image and see exactly what's going on. Well, when you're looking at your kid and you're thinking of the permanence of your decision, I'm willing to pay the private pay, right? So we go down to the University of Minnesota, and long story short, what he had was this funky tooth that was growing roots within the roots. So there is like three roots within the one root that just blew up, right? And at that point, though, they could look at it and they said, oh, we see what's happening. We have clarity, and this is the treatment that we need to do to help with that tooth and help that bone structure. That is the hand of God leading you in a very practical way by the Spirit of God. Now, just, for, just so you know, Caleb is on the books at the University of M. He is a case study that they use to teach and train other dentists. We did not get royalties off that, and we did not get a free CT scan. But we did get answers because the Holy Spirit is faithful in leading you and guiding you from very practical things of parenting to spiritual growth to leadership. Whatever it is you need, he is faithful. And I share my testimony with you because what he did for me God will do for you. He is not a respecter of persons. He wants to do the same for you and give you that leading and guiding. So here we are. That is my testimony that I share with you. And now we're going to transition into teaching, okay? Let's just acknowledge the season we've been living in. 2020, it feels like a royal face plant. Would you agree? I mean, the world is upside down and inside out. It's chaotic. Things are shifting and shaking all the time. But here's the thing. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to see things a little differently with a different perspective. Amen? So there is a shaking going on. Make no bones about it. There is a shaking going on. But when I read my Bible, there's always a purpose for the shaking. There's a purpose for the shifting. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, what, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of things that are to being shaken as things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and rev with reverence and godly fear. There's a diagnostic going on here. There's things that can be shaken and they are not to remain. And there are things that cannot be shaken and that has eternal value. This is an opportunity right now to evaluate what shaking is going on in our world, what shaking is going on within people, and I believe it has purpose. For a Christian is to identify that which is of the kingdom and that which has eternal value. I'm speaking to a diverse group today. And I know some of you, you have been walking out the past several months and you're like, I'm solid. 
My faith is stronger than it's ever been. I trust the word of God. God has shown me that there's some things in me that are absolutely solid. And I'm going to tell you the reason why he's revealing that to you is because he expects you to multiply and reproduce that. And there's some of you today that it has been the most stressful last six months of your life. You're at angst and there's fear. There's, there's doubt. There's what is going on? Where is God in that? And God says, okay, you're here today because it's this time to remove that and to establish the kingdom of God in you so that you have what I've designed you to carry. And that's the eternal purpose. That's the, that's the life of Christ in you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants to do today, to see Christ in you and to see him magnified. Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 3 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. That's the God we serve. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. You know what? When you shine, people are drawn to that. They want to know, what is it that you carry? 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Light shines best in darkness. It's most effective in darkness. So you feel like, oh my gosh, it's so chaotic. Things are going crazy. They are. Guess what? It's your time to shine for the kingdom of God. The world is in chaos, and we have a great opportunity. That's how God sees it. That's how I see it, by the power of the Holy Spirit in me. There's such a great opportunity to be ministers of peace, to be ministers of God's redemption, to be ministers of hope, and to walk in wisdom. The Bible teaches that wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. I hope you could see evidence of that in the testimony I just shared with you. Do you see how God just has interwoven wisdom throughout my life because of the Holy Spirit in my life? I will not relinquish that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 33, 6. I, have a, I do have a slide for this one. It says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. I don't know about you, but I like stability. Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. God puts a precedence on this. Get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Psalm 143:10 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me into level country and into the land of the uprightness. God says, regardless of what's going on around you, you can be stable. God will lead you into level country. You can walk with confidence in him. God gives us his wisdom by his spirit, and it's a stabilizing force. That is the title of today's message, stabilizing force. That's what God's interested in equipping you with. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we carry his wisdom inside, it, inside of us, and we can distribute it to those around us. Wisdom provides stability, and it withstands the adversities of life. It's a kingdom principle that stands through the shaking that we would walk in his power and minister to others to advance the kingdom. Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 7 
that the wise build their lives on a firm foundation. And I think that's so cool that we sang that song today in worship. The wise build their lives on a firm foundation. The wise hear truth, and the truth of God's word, and they obey it. So let's just read that. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is stable, and he is faithful. And we are wise when we build our lives upon him. But it says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was the fall probably looked good probably was a pretty fabulous house there on the beach but when the storms of life came which Jesus he doesn't mix words he says they will come but it couldn't it couldn't withstand the pressure did you catch that though the difference between the wise and the unwise what was the difference the wise hear the truth of God's word and they obey it in word and in conduct they don't just give fancy lip service they obey it in word and in conduct the unwise they hear but they don't obey they may have a wealth of knowledge but they don't have wisdom because they are not obedient to what God's called them to. They've never walked out their faith by the Spirit of God. And when the shaking comes, they fall. There's no stability in their life. There's nothing that they've encountered or, or, or built because they've never chosen that path of obedience. There's nothing of eternal value. I think about the Bible and how it provides multiple examples of religious leaders who don't really know God. They look good on the outside, but they don't really know God. Or even just leaders in our day and age maybe that are puffed up with knowledge and they place their confidence in scholarly views or philosophies and they're really focused on themselves and wanting to make sure that you know they're right. But they lack wisdom because they lack the Spirit of God. They lack wisdom because they lack obedience and they don't know God. So they have something that kind of sounds good. It's almost kind of enticing. But when the shaking comes, it doesn't hold up. And I'm here to tell you today, God is not so much concerned about who's right. He's more concerned about who's righteous and establishing his righteousness in the earth. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And he died on a cross and rose again so that you and I could have that righteousness. That's where God is concerned. That's where he wants us to have have his heart and his outlook in things. Not so much about he tallying up who's right, but who's righteous. And to be clear, this isn't just for our own well-being. Okay, well, I'm righteous. I know Jesus. I'm going to heaven. This is because God knows exactly what he's placed inside of each one of you. And he has given you the ability to share his truths and his goodness to those around you, to share the love of Christ, to be the answer, that you would be the agent of change in your generation for the glory of God, bringing others to a saving knowledge of him. That's what this is about. Christ in you magnified so that others would be drawn to him. Go back to the book of Genesis. That was God's original plan all along. Adam and Eve, he created them. Next thing he said, what? Be fruitful 
and multiply. God still has that. It's still his agenda. He's called us to reproduce what he's given us. What you've noticed is that stabilizing factor. He's like, now go out and reproduce that in the earth. Wisdom is hearing and obeying and word and conduct. Ephesians chapter 5 says, therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, with purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise. Be sensible, be intelligent, be discerning people. I love that God gives us that discernment. Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. Isn't that good? The wisdom of God. It's, he, it, the Bible says that he gives it out abundantly. He wants to uh, make sure that you have that. All you have to do is ask. Proverbs 4.23 is one of my favorite verses. It says, um, above all else, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. It's kind of one of the cornerstone verses in my life, because when I studied it out and read it, it says, out of it flows the issues of life. And when you go back to the original language, it says, out of your heart maps the course of your life. What you allow in your heart is what maps the course of your life. So if you're a person full of fear, it maps the course of your life. If you're a person for, full of selfishness and, and all about yourself, it maps the course of your life. Heaven help you, if you're a person full of drama, it maps the course of your life. Have you ever noticed drama begets drama begets drama? It does. But what if you're a person full of faith? What if you're a person full of kingdom purpose? What if you're a purpose full of God's truth? It maps the course of your life. And so Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Here's another version of that. It says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. What's been shaking? what's been solid. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. What's God calling us to do? He's like, hush the voices that are trying to distract you and put your gaze back on track because you are called to kingdom purposes. That's what God is saying. That's what the wise do. They hear the voice of God. They say, okay, God, what's your perspective on this? Oh, this is an opportunity. Oh, we're supposed to be about building the kingdom? I'm on it. That's what God is calling you to do. Wisdom is prioritizing what God prioritizes. Knowing how to walk, knowing how to listen, and knowing how to speak. And I gotta tell you right now, I'm just gonna say this, and I'm gonna ask for grace. There's so many platforms from which to speak right now. And people are gonna, 
put their stuff out there and not have to think twice about it. But here's the thing. As the body of Christ, we want to speak well. Amen. Right? We want to speak in a manner that aligns with the heart of God and, and exalts his kingdom. Amen? So in Colossians 4, 6, it says, let your speech always be with grace. Do you know what grace is? God's power. Let your speech always be with God's power, seasoned with salt. Let it be palatable. That people would lean in. What is it that she's got to say? What is it that he's got to say? That you may know how you ought to answer each one. Proverbs 25, 11, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. This has been a favorite verse of mine for a long time. I don't know. I love the imagery. Have you ever seen an apple of gold in a setting of silver? Neither have I. But I bet it's beautiful. And I bet a word fitly spoken would cause somebody to pause and ponder what was just said. Because it's beautiful, it's worthwhile to take in. Let's, let's look at this. Let's discover this. God has created you and designed you to be able to say things with authority, with his power, and to have a word that is fitly spoken. Like apples of gold and settings of silver. Proverbs 16, 24 through 25 says, Pleasant words are like honeycomb sweetness to the soul, and health to the bones. Have you heard that phrase, you catch more bees with honey? Pleasant words. God has given us a mandate to declare his truth, and we've got opportunity, and we've got wisdom in how to do it. I want to propose to you that the times we live in right now are some of the most exciting times, and I want to propose to you that they're even of biblical proportions. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think there's such tremendous opportunity. I've read through the word. I've read the heroes of faith. I'm like, what was it like to live when Noah was alive? What was it like to, with King David? What was it like during the prophets? How about when Jesus walked the earth? And you know what I think the Spirit of God is saying? I think he said, I never quit writing the list of the heroes of faith. Your name is on the list, and this is your opportunity. Make sure that you seize your opportunity. Come on, church. You're a little quiet right now. Do you understand what God is calling? called you to? He's called you to walk as a hero of faith. The word of God says, don't miss your opportunity. You see chaos and you go, I have the solution. I walk in with the solution. God hasn't finished the list of the heroes of faith. That's just what was noted during the time of publication. Your name is on the list. That's how he sees you. It's time to hone into godly wisdom and utilize it to navigate the times we live in and win hearts for Jesus Christ. Amen? Not just merely walking in knowledge, not just walking in the natural, but walking in the wisdom that emulates the character and the perspective of God that responds in a godly fashion, that represents and magnifies God and brings glory to him and draws others to him. Amen? Don't miss your opportunity. Take the time to do an inventory. Evaluate what God is shaking and what is steadfast in your life, what is to be multiplied, and what is to be shared. Wisdom is knowing your place and your calling. Wisdom is knowing that you are the salt and the light of the earth. Amen. You're the preservative and you're the illuminator. God's called you to that. I didn't say it, he did. Wisdom is knowing how to advance and take ground because we should always be moving offensively. But when necessary, knowing how to respond. Wisdom is knowing out of all of eternity that God, out of all of eternity, think on that now for a minute. If you're still like, I don't know if I'm a hero of faith, think about this for now. Out of all eternity, 
God chose you to live now with a purpose or with an assignment. Wisdom is knowing as a child of God, you carry the remedy for a sick world. As a child of God, with Jesus living inside of you, full of the Holy Ghost, you carry the remedy for a sick world. Do you know what the remedy does? It sets things right. That's what God's called you to. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you walk in authority, and you have the authority to deliver. You have the authority to restore. You have the authority to bring wholeness. You have the authority to bring healing. Come on, you have the authority to bring clarity. You have the authority to bring godliness. You have the authority to bring redemption. You have the authority to bring the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, and nothing can stand against you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. God has given you that authority. That's what we're to be about. During this time of upheaval and shaking, there is so much division and adversity right now, and we need to discern what takes priority. What takes priority, and how does it align with God's purposes, sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus and winning hearts for him? There's so much static and noise in the world right now, and so many voices vying for attention, but you know what? Only one matters, and that's the voice of God. So as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we have a responsibility to draw into God's presence, to build what is stable, to build with the power of the Holy Spirit what is unshakable, and keep the mission before us, keep our focus, and to take the side of his kingdom. You know, a few years ago, I got an opportunity to go on a Mardi Gras missions trip. And... Uh, Make no mistake, when Pastor Mike says it's crazy, it's crazy. I mean, people go down there, and they are all about letting it all hang out. Maybe it's painted, but it's all out there. I'm just saying. It was, uh, it was quite, quite an experience. And um, when we went down there, you know, the, the street is just full of people, and they're just living it up, Right? And from my perspective, where I was standing, I was looking down the street, and I saw two different camps. I saw the people that were partying, living it up, giving to whatever desire of the flesh there was. And then I saw this other um, camp of believers. We were not with this camp, okay? This other camp of believers, they had these great big, huge placards and PA system, and they were like, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. And it listed all these sins. I mean, sins I'd never heard of. And the Bible says, you know, that, that there's not one righteous that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That, that's true. That's what the Bible says. That's why we need Jesus Christ. That's why he came and paid the price for our sin so that we could surrender to him and, and make him Lord of our life and receive his righteousness. Because God loved us so much, he sent his only begotten son. That's true, what they were saying. There's truth to it. But do you know what was happening? It was so adversarial. I mean, there was no ground, from my perspective, necessarily inroads to people's hearts with that message. Okay? Uh, there, it, was just, it was just conflict, right? Because people, you can't judge me. You're going to hell. You know, that, that's how it was split, these two different camps. And then a couple blocks up, there was our group, right? And we're sitting with these smaller placards and no PA system. But the placard said, God thinks you're amazing. God thinks you're incredible. God, Jesus died for you. 
And I was standing in the street, and the person that I had been ministering with was Tony Lewin. He used to go to our church. And we were standing there, and crowds, throngs of people are going by. And I'll never forget this kid in his early 20s. His name was Michael, big brown eyes. And he comes up to Tony and I, and we're holding our sign. And he's like, he starts talking to us, and we start sharing the gospel message with him. And he says, well, no, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer two days ago. And I'm with my friends, and they're pulling on him. Come on, Michael, let's go, let's go. And he's like, I'm with my friends, and I don't feel like I, don't feel like I should be here. See, God had already established something in him of permanence, of stability, of eternal value. He was two days old as a born-again Christian. God doesn't waste time. He already started establishing something in him. He goes, I don't know what, I just, and we said, you know what, Michael, really, you should be with us. You should be sharing what God's done in your heart with us. And he's got a call on your life. And his friends were tugging on him. And he's like, oh, there's my ride. And we had a chance to pray for him. And I continue to pray for him years later because I just know God did something so real in his life. And it was unshakable. It was already bringing conviction about and transformation. God was already transforming him. But I just look at that picture and I'm reminded of an Old Testament story, if, if you can just tie this in and follow my thought process, from Joshua chapter 5. And Joshua is getting ready to go to war and he turns around and he sees a man with a sword drawn, or what he perceives as a man with a sword drawn. And he goes, are you for me? Are you for my enemies? Are you of this camp? Or are you of this camp? And what does the guy say? He says, neither. And he identifies himself as the commander of God's army. He's like, I'm not for this camp. I'm not for that camp. I'm about the kingdom. And there's something about that stance that resonates in my heart when there's so many voices vying for attention. And I think what God really is looking for is the people that will keep the single focus. Does that mean you discard discernment? Nope. I'm not saying that. That means that you walk in wisdom and you prioritize the kingdom purpose. I'm not either. I'm for neither. I'm for the kingdom. Amen. So I'm going to have you stand with me, if you will, and um, ask the worship team to join me. Just to go back, today's message, the objective was to see Christ in you magnified glorified so that others would know him. We need to be wise and discern our times by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in his wisdom, in word, and in conduct, that Jesus would be lifted up because the Bible teaches us that when Jesus is lifted up, he's faithful to draw men and women to him. That Jesus would be lifted up and that his unshakable kingdom would be established. It is a stabilizing force. Amen. So there may be some of you here today that you've never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of, in your life and in your heart, but it spoke to you today about being in right relationship with him and to have the gifts of God fully activated in your life, that you'd have the Holy Spirit as stabilizing force that cannot be shaken. Or there may be some of you here today that you're like, you know what, I just haven't been pursuing God to... Uh, in the way that he would have me pursue him. I've been distracted. And I, uh, I just want that 
reconciliation. I want to get that restoration back, like how I shared with you in my life, where God just restored me. He said, we're going to pick up where we left off and continue to build. God is so good that way. So if that's one of you, let's just go ahead and repeat after me. I'm just going to pray this prayer, and we're just going to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus. I am a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin and came back to life with resurrection power. I don't want to live apart from you. I repent of my sin. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Jesus, forgive me. Be Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me strength to live for you. In your name, amen.